재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 And we're back. We are talking about Brexit, how it's affecting the South Korean economy. And we've talked about the government's response to it, how they're trying to minimize the impact of Brexit. But uh, there's certainly still a lot of analysis uh, to go, especially the long-term health of the South Korean economy, irregardless of what happens between the UK and the European Union. Um, We'll talk about all of those in more detail. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. We have joining us from Iwa Women's University, Professor Kim Sewan, and from Sungyungwan University, Professor Lee Chun-won. Professor Lee, both of you mentioned it, that uh, the pressing concerns before everything, I suppose, got overshadowed by Brexit and how that's going to affect the economy is the shipping industry and how it's in crisis and how these big three firms are, are really in need of some kind of a bailout to, I guess, varying degrees. Um, that is fundamentally still a problem, but has that been exacerbated or has the urgency increased because of Brexit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as, as we mentioned, this was a problem to begin with. Um, and uh, if you go back to where this problem arose, uh, in, the, in the 90s and 2000s, actually, this uh, industry was just touted as, uh, as a darling of the uh, you know, shipbuilding industry in the world. Um, what has changed since then is, if you recall... Uh, around uh, 2012, 2011, when the oil prices are hitting $100, uh, a lot of these companies went for a large, huge um, offshore drilling plants uh, um, projects. And obviously, as uh, oil prices plunged, uh, those projects gone uh, bust. And um, on top of that, there are a lot of more hazard problems inside uh, the companies I'm running. Um, so... What it, what it all means is now that Brexit has unleashed another set of uncertainty, uh, especially the prices of oil, uh, when it comes to this um, uh, restructuring of these companies, one of the key elements would be uh, projecting the future revenues of these companies and how they're going to uh, reorganize their businesses. So this adds to an, an added uncertainty into that equation. But I don't think it changes fundamental things that much. It just it mm-hmm. adds another another uh, sort of the uh, uncertainty into the computations. Right. So I, even if Brexit hadn't occurred, we'd probably still have to be talking about Correct. it and addressing it and, and address all of the uh, uh, the problems that go along with how you're going to restructure the uh, the shipbuilding industry. But this just adds another layer, as uh, Professor Lee mentions, in terms of complications. Professor Kim, if we can yes. briefly talk about um, monetary policy, specifically the uh, U.S., mm-hmm. uh, Federal Reserve, their uh, current chairman, Janet Yellen, has been, of course, uh, known to be hawkish. She does want to kind of push through a mm-hmm. tightening cycle as quickly as, I suppose, the economy in the U.S. allows. Mm-hmm. Um, there were signs and indications that there was going to be at least one more rate hike before the end of this year. Right, right. Uh, it looks like the situation has changed. Um, the U.S. Federal Reserve seems to be indicating now, and they actually held back on a rate hike decision, citing the concerns over right. a possible Brexit right. as one of the, the factors. So then now, if you are, I suppose, an investor or you're a central banker in, mm-hmm. in another country, um, what do you think is the calculation i know you're not a governor of the federal right. reserve but what right. would be the calculations right now um maybe the rate hike obviously is off the table but do you even actually talk about reversing course and even maybe consider a 25 basis point reduction well if we take a look at the 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 outcomes of the financial market after brexit 
the, as we talked about, the, the dollar has been appreciated for stronger demand for safer asset. So, so that that means U.S. export, which has been the uh, one of the strongest momentum to recover U.S. economy, has been uh, should be weakened according to textbook analysis. And in addition, as, as, as Henry talked about, uh, Janet Yellen, a chairwoman of the Board of Governors of the U.S. Federal Reserve, made it clear last time, last month actually, one of the major reasons why they are not increasing interest rate this time is the possibility of the Brexit. So they, we can see that they have a, a big concern about the Brexit. So we can broadly say that the, 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 the possibility of increasing interest rate has been seriously weakened. So, so, so that is uh, our expectation. No hike, um, I, and we talked about how mm-hmm. exposure is limited to South Korea. I mean, it's it's an important gateway. Uh, London has served to the wider European Union and mm-hmm. all of that, but just simply the economic ties are just not as huge. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly because of that so-called special relationship between right. the U.S. and, and U.K. and, of mm-hmm. course, how uh, President Obama has actually been quite forceful in trying exactly. to say that this exactly. is not the right move, that exactly. this is a big deal to the U.S. That being said, it still doesn't seem likely that cutting the rates is that possible right now at this point, right? Well, I think that really depends on uh, outcomes of the U.S. economy uh, in the next one or two months after the decision of the Brexit. Uh, Actually, according to the data that has been uh, released by U.S. government, the economic growth of the U.S. in the first quarter was 1.1%, which is much higher than expected. Mm -hmm. The expectation was only 0.5%. So, as we just see the numbers, what, one of the most important macroeconomic variable, U.S. economy looks fine. But what happens after Brexit to U.S. economy? Uh, we have quite a few complicated uh, problems related to that. But the expectation is uh, not right now. There, is, there won't be any uh, uh, problem related to U.S. economy. Yeah. But in the long run, that really has a negative effect on U.S. economy. So I might say the possibility of the increasing the rate has been weakened. Mm -hmm. But decreasing interest rate really depends on the outcomes in the next one or two months. If anything, that would, of course, have a big impact here in Korea, Professor Lee. Maybe Mm -hmm. you can address the Korean monetary policy. They did make that surprise decision last uh, time around to cut uh, interest rates here by 25 basis points. And we keep talking about that cushion that's needed, uh, Mm -hmm. about two points between the U.S. rate and the the U.S. and Mm -hmm. the Korean rate, I I suppose, traditionally speaking. Um, What what do you think is the forecast for the Bank of Korea? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, if you recall uh, earlier this month, I guess it was June 9th, when they cut it to 1.25%. But if you recall, for the past about a year or so, um, a lot of um, uh, market participants were calling for the uh, 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 decrease in, in the base rate in the, uh, uh, by the Bank of Korea. And they have been very um, reluctant to do that. Uh, I think they're also going to be cautious this time as well. They have, I think it was a good move for them to lower it uh, when they did, uh, even though they did not anticipate this. Um, but I think it's just to make sure that, that we are on a stable uh, growth path. And I think when they uh, did lower it, I think they did it at the right time. It remains to be seen whether they will do it again anytime soon. I think they'll probably, as Professor Kim mentioned, will look at the, some of the U.S. employment data that comes out, the July Fed meeting and what they have to say, uh, and uh, sort of the uh, sort of the look at the, the fallout from the Brexit, from the financial markets, and uh, uh, see where 
where things are. But uh, from from uh, Bank of Korea's perspective, um, uh, I think they will also uh, want to see how the the second half uh, restructuring um, uh, effort will will go through um, mm. and uh, how that will fall out uh, in the Korean economy before they make any haste decisions. So I think it's a, a mostly wait and see kind of attitude at the Bank of Korea at the moment. I think. A wait-and-see attitude. Now, Professor Kim, in terms of also uh, waiting and seeing, and you mentioned currency Mm -hmm. as well, but uh, there is a little bit of a concern, well, maybe a big concern Mm -hmm. that, and and we know this is a two-year negotiating process if they invoke that Article 50 of the EU Constitution, but... um, what is going to happen with currency? And we already saw signs of potential currency mm-hmm. wars looming in various mm-hmm. parts of the world because of the factors of exports and, and the British sterling, of course, very mm-hmm. volatile right now. Do you think that there is more likely now uh, a chance that we will see a, a global currency war or at least battles taking place? Well, we, we know that export is a very important uh, part of the recovering economy for every single country uh, after a uh, uh, global recession of 2008. But the, so that, that is a possible scenario, the currency war between major uh, exporting countries. However, we need to remember that U.S. government has been enlisted five major countries as a currency manipulating country uh, last month, actually. Uh, they are uh, Korea, uh, Germany, Taiwan, and, and, and Japan, and China. So I think because of that, since U.S. government is watching this country very closely, they will be more cautious than before in, in going through uh, uh, the depreciation uh, strategy in, in improving their uh, export and uh, stimulating their yeah. uh, growth. So that's, that's what I think about the currency war, less possibility. Especially if someone like Donald Trump becomes president because right. he's a- big part of his campaign has been how these countries exactly. like exactly. Japan, Korea, and right. China have been right. devaluing, according to him at least, and how right. it's unfair and he's going to bring jobs back and all that. Um, one other interesting aspect of, well, it's it's sad to say, but in that past uh, major economic downturn, which was the 2008 Lehman Brothers collapse and the whole global financial mm-hmm. crisis, uh, there were tools in place and South Korea did engage in, in various uh, currency swap programs mm-hmm. with uh, countries. Do you think that uh, there should be a, an expansion of this? Does this help mitigate some of the risk factors? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think as uh, I would add to Professor Kim's comments earlier that, uh, yes, um, uh, there is a less of a currency war type of thing probably going on, on the uh, among the major currencies because these are the countries, I mean, even including UK, US, you know, China, they are all worried about, you know, their uh, currency appreciating too much, but then at the same time, these are the countries they can they can borrow in their own currencies. So that's a less of a concern. I think the concern is for countries like a Korea, uh, mm. export oriented, a smaller open economy countries, where they have to borrow uh, in the international markets in not in their own currency but other countries' currencies. When things like Brexit happens, and if you worry about the breakup of EU and uh, you worry about the specter of a pigs, uh, you know those countries in the in Europe that has a financial difficulties coming up again, that, that can unleash instability in the financial markets, uh, currency value plummeting. So the countries of Korea, I think it's very much prudent to have those things in place mm. to show them that they have an ability to defend their currencies in the time of uh, acute crisis. Um, and uh, uh, so, so I think that's a good measure. 
Well, I'm just speaking of 2008, the global financial crisis, and at that time, a lot of people were remarking, especially how South Korea emerged from that relatively unscathed compared to some of the other major right. economies in the world. This time around, of course, the economy in Korea now much more vulnerable to a lot of these external factors. Right. Professor right. Kim, do you think Brexit has the potential, I mean, we know about the political potential mm-hmm. domino effect. Maybe the U.K. Right. will cease to exist. There's a talk of secession with uh, various mm-hmm. unhappy countries like Scotland mm-hmm. and Northern Ireland. The EU, is there going to be copycat countries that mm-hmm. want to follow suit? Um, does all of that lead to the domino effect of creating another potential financial crisis here? Well, uh, basically, I believe that Brexit is a political issue rather than economic issue. So in the short run and in the real economy, uh, we don't have realistic uh, factors that is affecting Korean economy from Brexit in terms of the manufacturing, export, and import. But what we are worrying actually about is the financial problems, more uncertainties in the future. And then we are, uh, we are seeing more uncertainties for every uh, financial markets, bonds, uh, stocks, and banks. So... Uh, UK's institutional investors are actually the second largest foreign investor in South Korea. Their investment is about 8% of the total foreign uh, investors uh, invest in Korea. So if the things get worse in in UK, in the financial market, there is a possibility that these uh, UK-based financial institutions can withdraw money from Korean uh, market. And we have uh, uh, one of the uh, commercial banks that is based on UK, which is uh, Standard & Charters, that is one of the uh, seven major commercial banks. And the mother bank is located in UK. So there is another possibility that the, something happens to Standard & Charters. And in addition, HSBC, which is the, one of the largest commercial banks in the world, has one of the largest business between foreign banks' offices in Seoul, in Korea. So, again, something happens to UK's banking system. We say that one of the largest victims of the uh, Brexit will be uh, UK's commercial banks. So if something happens again, HSBC or banking system of the UK, there is a possibility of some problems of business in, in Seoul from HSBC. Generally, do you agree, Professor Lee, mm-hmm. as far as the risks with Brexit in comparison to 2008? Yeah, in general, uh, like most people, I don't think this is anything like the financial crisis of 2008. The, the, the impact would be a lot smaller. I don't think this is acute as the financial crisis we had uh, in the past. But at the same time, I do think uh, in the longer term, this could lead to a more severe downside risk for us. Uh, and the reason is uh, the things that we have talked about. And when it comes, uh, when the EU do not solve their problems, they still have a lot of uh, problems with the labor mobility, immigration, a lot of political issues that you have mentioned. Um, and that stems from their economic problems. So unless EU can find a way to, uh, to, to come together in some of those issues, I think this can lead to a greater 
of problems down the road. Um, and that also leads to a greater instability in the financial markets, and that is a greater concern for economies like Korea. Uh, the capital withdrawal, as Professor Kim has mentioned, and inability to access capital in the international markets uh, can uh, be a, a greater problem for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how people have been kind of talking about Brexit, how it affects your own situation. We don't even know what the situation there is. There's murmurings that um, this may not even go through. It's not a legally binding right. referendum. Mm-hmm. Random and yeah, <laughs> everyone's. I and there's a lot of buyers remorse apparently among among a lot of the voters right. there. But ultimately, Professor Kim, uh, if you look at the outlook for the Korean economy, and I guess we can say Brexit's one mm-hmm. of the factors, but there are going to be tons of other factors, right? The right. The, the the Chinese economy, how they right. recover or not recover right. to the the U.S. presidential right. elections, and how right. people react if something crazy happens right. there. Uh, the shipbuilding industry and a lot of these other. Right. What is your outlook right now, and what do you think we need to look out for in the next six months? Well, I believe that we have tough load ahead of the second half of this year for Korean economy. We have, as you mentioned, Henry, we have slowing Chinese economy and U.S. Federal Reserve interest rate decision and Brexit and structural uh, problem in, in, in several industries and, and decreasing uh, export and import together and not fast increasing domestic consumption and investment. We have tons of uh, factors that negatively affects Korean economy. But the hope is, I believe, the domestic consumption is slowly, slowly increasing. That is not decreasing, at least. That is a good news, I believe. So since consumption is the largest part of the national income, we have still hope, small hope, for recovery uh, uh, in, the, in the last part of the year, I believe. Yeah. Right. It's, the, it's a joke I made er, um, in an earlier broadcast, but uh, 30 more supplementary holidays right. for right. everybody to <laughs> right. go shopping right. and stuff. Uh, what about you, Professor Lee? I, it's yeah. going to be challenging. Uh, we're into the second half of 2016. What do you think uh, we and the Korean economy needs to look out for? Yeah, I I think I'll still go back to uh, the fallouts from the shipbuilding industry. We also have a steelmaking industry. There's a huge in trouble, huge competition from China. They're losing competitiveness. Uh, they, that industry needs reorganizations. There's going to be another fallout from that. Um, and again, uh, unless we can find a way to create a new jobs, uh, which is uh, tough right now, um, and uh, uh, as we uh, mentioned earlier, some of the structural reforms they're talking about has to has to uh, uh, has to happen. So, uh, service sectors, um, information technology, new ventures, uh, those those are the areas where we're finding new jobs. So, we need to find a way to create new jobs in those sectors and to deal with uh, the, the fallouts from these um, uh, other industries that we have a trouble in. So uh, just unpredictability aside, can I say that uh, both of you, Professor Kim, you are fairly bearish as mm-hmm. far as the South Korean prospects have already been downgrading mm-hmm. growth forecast to 2.8%, 2.6% depending on the institution, but you are kind of bearish in the outlook for the next six months? Exactly, exactly. So as Professor Lee mentioned, uh, without having a new way of... Uh, uh, producing more jobs, generating more jobs, uh, there will be more serious uh, situation in the next year. But but question is, how how can we do that? Well, I believe that we have to first of all go through a structural reform in 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 in, the, in these problematic uh, industries, and we have to promote more uh, business friendly environment for uh, new businessmen, young people. 
in the so th we don't have a shortcut short run a solution for that but we have to be more patient and wait for another round of the Korean economy I believe all right well we're gonna have to leave it there not the most cheerful uh, discussion but uh, certainly we can be cheered by the uh, wonderful analysis provided by our two professors Professor Lee Professor Kim thank you both for your time appreciate it and hope to talk to you guys again soon thank you thank you Henry thank you